Hi, welcome to Lighthouse Vineyard Church. Thank you for joining us. If you would like to know more about us, feel free to visit us online at lighthousevineyard.church. Enjoy the message. Hello, everyone. My name is Clint Schwartz. I'm the lead pastor here. Thanks for joining us today. It's really good to see some faces. I can't tell you the number of times I looked out and all I saw was Riley behind the camera over the last two months. And I love Riley. Don't get me wrong. Riley, if you're watching this, I love you, man. But it's good to see all of you. I'm just saying, it's really good to see you. And, and those of you that are joining us online, thanks for joining us as well today. So it's been eight weeks since I've been able to, actually nine, because I didn't teach the last week. I was in Guatemala. Uh, so nine weeks since I've been able to teach from this stage to an audience. So this is super exciting for me. Glad to have you guys here. Um, I do want to start off by reading uh, from Psalm 42 real quick. Because this section of scripture, I've read it many times, but it truly became real to me in these last uh, couple of months. It says, this is King David saying, As the deer pants for streams of water, so my soul pants for you, my God. My soul thirsts for God, for the living God. When can I go and meet with God? Verse 4, these things I remember as I pour out my soul, how I used to go to the house of God under the protection of the Mighty One with shouts of joy and praise among the festive throng. Man, today we get to meet together in the house of God. And uh, Lynette, thanks for singing that song to start us off. I mean, worship was so good. Um, I got to hear it twice. I'm just bragging now. Just so you all know, I was here for a service too. And it was so much fun, so much fun to be here. All right, so we're going to jump into our message. We are in a series about our identity in Christ. And uh, to introduce today's message, watch this video. I wonder why Laura Ingalls doesn't come in the store anymore. Because she's too poor to buy anything. That's why. So's her father. He can't even pay what he owes in the store. Yeah. Can't get a decent job either. All he does is dig in the mud and clean up after horses. My pa works hard. So does a mule. You take that back. I will not. My mother says she's glad your father doesn't come in the store anymore because he smells bad. Smells like a dirty stable. That's all he's good for, clean up after horses. said hello and next thing I knew she just up and ran off. Isn't that right, Willie? Yeah, she just up and ran off. Well, we have to get started on her homework, Miss Beetle. So that was Little House in the Prairie. So I grew up watching Little House in the Prairie. How many of you? Yeah, quite a few this service. Um, my kids, unfortunately, they watched a lot of Little House in the Prairie. I think that's where they got all of their biblical training on how to be a good person, right? <laughs> Um, Charles Ingalls, yeah, he was such a good guy, such a good guy. Um, actually, my mom recorded like hours and hours of Little House in the Prairie on this thing called a VCR tape. You know, you younger people, you don't know what that is, but it's about this big, it's got two wheels in it, and you can record on it, it's really cool. Uh, it doesn't look quite that good, it's a little fuzzy, but she recorded that for my kids, and when we went on a trip, we had a, a little TV that fit in our van that had a tape player, and so we would watch this or they would watch this 
for hours and hours on these trips. But anyway, so I grew up, and that was Nellie Olson. Oh, man, Nellie Olson. She was the original bully. I mean, if you want to know, she had that title. And the question is, why did she have the title of a bully? It's because she was a bully, right? I mean, it's because of what she did. It's because of what she said. She was known for it, and she had a reputation for being a bully. And so we get a reputation sometimes or most of the time, by, by what we do, right? And so when I was in high school, um, I, was, I had a lot of things worked out. I was a Christian. I had a lot of things worked out. But there were some areas in my life that weren't quite yet sanctified. Can I get an amen? You guys know that? My cousin Chanel is here. She knew me in high school. She knows this about me. So I'm a little, you know, nervous to share this part because this is she, just, she can testify. I'm hoping she doesn't stand up and just start testifying. Anyway... <laughs> But I had this reputation of being like a little girl crazy, right? Right, Chanel? I kind of did. Yeah, just a little, she said, just a little. And uh, so if I, if I saw a, a pretty girl, I would ask her out. Now, that's not necessarily a bad thing by itself, um, but it didn't, the problem was it didn't really matter if I already had a girlfriend. That was the problem. You know where I'm going? So I would just like ask. It was not good. So I had this some of you are decided that this is no longer your church home. But you know what? <laughs> but I was sanctified from that, delivered from that, mostly. No, I mean, all the way, Rose, it's completely, completely. Um, but it's cool that God can do that. He delivers us from those areas in our life. But during that time, I had this reputation of being girl crazy, and it's because of I, the fact that I was. It's what I did. I was girl crazy. Now, as followers of Jesus, our reputation matters. I just want to throw that out there. What people think of us, what our community thinks of us, our reputation matters. In fact, uh, when Paul was teaching Timothy about the characteristics of leadership in the church, he talks about this. 1 Timothy 3, verse 7, he says, He must also have a good reputation with outsiders. So a leader must have a good reputation with outsiders so that he will not fall into disgrace and into the devil's trap. So think about that for a second, this this concept that our reputation matters, what we're known for matters. So we're in this message series titled Identity Theft, Taking Back What the Enemy Has Stolen. And it's a message series about our identity in Christ. Our key verse comes from 2 Corinthians 5.17. It says, therefore, if anyone is in Christ, the new creation has come, the old has gone and the new is here. So one of the things that is old about us is our reputation, right? Who we were before we were followers of Christ. And we get a new reputation as well. But we have an enemy, the devil, who likes to keep reminding us of our old reputation, who we once were, but we're new in Christ. So that's why this message series is talking about taking back what the enemy has stolen, because so many times the enemy is trying to remind us of who we used to be. I love this quote, the devil knows your name but calls you by your sin. God knows your sin but calls you by your name. Man, I love that. I love that. So when we become followers of Jesus, we get a new identity. And we have an opportunity to develop and create a new reputation based on what we do. Based on what we do. And that's what we're going to be talking about today. And I love this because so many times... Christians are known for what we don't do, right? 
We don't do this, we don't do that, we don't do this, we don't hang out with people who do that. Well, today we're going to be talking about what we should be doing, all right? So you can turn in your Bible if you would like. We're going to be in Ephesians chapter 2. Ephesians is part of those four books in the middle, Galatians, Ephesians, Philippians, Colossians. Uh, It's a letter from Paul to the church in Ephesus, and we're going to be reading just one verse today. It's verse 10. Chapter 2, verse 10. For we are God's handiwork, created in Christ Jesus to do good works, which God prepared in advance for us to do. A short verse, but so much in there. Let me read it one more time. For we are God's handiwork, created in Christ Jesus to do good works, which God prepared in advance for us to do. You can probably tell where we're going today. God created us to do good works, to do good works. And so part of our reputation, part of our identity is to be known as a do-gooder. That's it, to be a do-gooder. And that's our title, do-gooders, being the hands and feet of Jesus. We get to be his hands and feet here on earth. I'm going to talk about that. Uh, But if you would, I want to bow with me and pray. We're going to pray for the message first. So God, we come to you and we thank you for your word that in one simple verse you can guide and direct our lives for the rest of our lives, God. And there's so much power in your word. So Lord, today I pray that you would open up our hearts and minds to hear from you today. That my voice would be your voice, God. And we invite your Holy Spirit to be here and to speak to us in the midst. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. Amen. All right, so if you have a handout or if you want to take notes or just do them on your smart device as well, a couple of points for you. We can earn the reputation of a do-gooder when we, number one, do something good. Do something good. We're going really deep today. You guys can tell, all right? Do something good. Now, it's a simple term, but it's not easy to do, right? I mean, it, it, doing good sounds easy, but it's not really easy. If, if it was easy, everyone would do it but it doesn't happen. Now, if we go back over the last couple of months, I mean, we've been locked in, right? I mean, we've been quarantined in our houses, only allowed to go get groceries, go to work, come home. We've been staying home. And so I've been hearing on social media, and maybe you guys have too, uh, these people that are out there doing good. I mean, there's been people who have bought groceries for people, delivered them, taken them to the hospital, these individuals. And so I tried to do a little good during this time as well. I uh, posted on our neighborhood Facebook group. I said, hey, I'm going to the grocery store. Does anybody need anything? And then they all kind of responded, oh, that was so thankful or thoughtful. No, we're good. Nobody needs anything. So nobody needed anything. That's pretty much it. That's all I did over the last two months was post (laughs) on Facebook. And so, you know, my reputation in our community for being a do-gooder didn't grow over the last two months, right? I mean, and I don't know about you, it's been hard to do good over the last couple months because people look at us as the enemy. Do you notice that? Oh, you might be sick. You might have the virus, so don't come to me. Don't give me anything. Don't talk to me. Don't knock on my door. And I'll tell you, it's been a difficult time, to be sure. But our country is starting to open up again, right? I mean, things are, we're, we're back in church again. Um, 
hopefully next Saturday, I think it is, we'll be moving to level three of the governor's five-step plan of reopening the state of Indiana. And so opportunities to help others to do good around us are going to become more available. And so if you're kind of like me, where you've been kind of frozen in place for a couple of months, well, it's, it's, it's time to start moving out. It's time to start doing some things again. Just a reminder of our church's purpose statement. It is to love God, love people, and shine Jesus. And I think that the loving people, shining Jesus part has probably been a little difficult for a couple of months, but we're beyond that now. Wow, something happened. I'm not sure what. But we're beyond that now, right? So here's a couple more scriptures to encourage us. Titus 2.7 says, In everything set them an example by doing what is good. And Titus 3.14 says, Our people must learn to devote themselves to doing what is good. And then in James 3.13 says, Who is wise and understanding among you? Let them show it by their good life, by deeds done in the humility that comes from wisdom. Guys, we are called to work out our faith by doing good deeds. We are called to do things. So here's a question I want us each to ask ourselves. When was the last time I did a good deed? When was the last time I did a good deed? So write it down if you can remember it. And if you can't remember it, that's okay. We had a little power outage over here, didn't we? But if you can't remember it, that's okay. All right? But here's my encouragement to you. Let's get to it. All right, the quarantine is starting to lift. We're able to meet together as a church again. We are called to do goods no matter what is happening in our community around us. Okay? So now is the time to actually start earning this reputation of a do-gooder by getting out and doing good. So that's point number two. Number one, we can earn the reputation of a do-gooder when we do something good. For point number two, I'm going to invite Melanie Berkey to come up here. She's going to share point number two with us. Now, Melanie Berkey is our coordinator of outreach here at the church, and so she coordinates all of our outreach um, uh, events that we do. But more than that, I asked her to share because Melanie is actually really good at doing good. I mean, she's the kind of person that is actually at the food pantry handing out food and buying food for people and things like that during this time. So if you would, make her feel welcome. Thank you, Clint. So I'm honored to be able to talk about discovering our design today, which is actually your second fill-in. So discover our design. What I'd like to do is focus a little bit more on the last half of our verse today. So for we are God's handiwork created in Christ Jesus to do good works, which God prepared in advance for us to do. So God has prepared each of us for a specific job, a specific purpose. And as I was preparing this week, the picture of a screwdriver kept coming to mind. A screwdriver has a very specific purpose, right? It's a very specific tool. If I wanted to measure this room, I wouldn't use a screwdriver, right? It has a, a different specific purpose. 
And we are very similar. We, ha- we have a specific job as well. So this is supported. Jeremiah 29, 11 says, for I know the plans I have for you. And that's God talking. So everything about each one of us, everything points to our job or our purpose that God has already planned way, way, way long, long time ago. Some of these things, like what makes you mad? The things that make you mad may not make the person next to you mad or the things that make you sad, even your spouse next to you, those things may be different. What are you good at? Like what are your strengths? Rose Schwartz is an amazing gardener and Rochelle Hartman, an amazing craftswoman. I am not those things. And that's okay. We each have a specific purpose. What brings you life? What energizes you? Have you found something that you could do all day, every day? And maybe you're physically tired, but emotionally you have more energy than ever. You guys ever found something like that? Your desires, those also point to your specific purpose. Psalms 139 says, all the days ordained for me were written in your book before one of them came to be. Every single day, every single choice, every single decision, none of it is a surprise to God. So even our experiences, every single thing that we have experienced, those all point to our purpose. Even the experiences that we don't like to talk about, even the ones that we regret, the ones that bring us pain and sorrow, all of them, there's not a surprise to God. So you are a custom. We, each of us, we're custom. We are a custom piece. We are a a personalized piece. The beginning of our verse today says, for we are God's handiwork. Other translations say workmanship or masterpiece. That's the one that really stuck with me. I imagine God as this awesome painter, and he is just detail by detail his, his masterpiece. We are each a custom masterpiece of the author and illustrator of God. That's pretty cool. So I love this topic. And when I talk to a lot of people about this topic, about their purpose, I, I usually get the vibe from them that the purpose, their purpose is somewhere out there. Like they don't, maybe don't know their purpose and they need to go and find it. They need to go explore. And I'm here to say you already have every single thing that you need in you. It's it's in you already. God has already prepared it well in advance. So instead of going and looking, I would urge maybe uncover or discover those things that are already in you and those point to God's job for you. So it kind of reminds me of a scavenger hunt. Has any of you, have you gone on a scavenger hunt before? Yeah? I like to think of it as God putting us on a scavenger hunt and he gives us little clues. Like he gives us clues about what our next right step should be, what our next job, what our next role, what our next choice, what our purpose is. And so here are a couple indicators or clues that might uh, point you to God's job for you. Number one, it fills you up and it energizes you. Kind of like what I was saying earlier, God does not want us to be tired and worn out. That's actually probably an indicator that you might not be uh, in the the job for you, that God has for you. God fills us up. He He has created everything that we need within us. So when it gives us energy and it fills us up and we feel fulfilled, that's a great indicator that we're, we're on the right track. Number two, 
it serves others. It almost fills us up so much that it just spews out on the people around you. It serves the people around you. Kind of going back to Rose in her garden, last summer she made me some tea, uh, mint tea from her garden. And that served me tremendously. She was using her gifts to serve me. And I didn't have to do a thing except receive it, which is really awesome. So that's another indicator of when we are in our purpose for God. It's filling us up, it's spewing out, and it's serving, it's helping, it's doing good works for the people around us. And then number three, it points back to God. I was reading the rest of this chapter, chapter two, as I was preparing, and it's really not about us. We, we aren't the, the author. We aren't the illustrator. It's all about God. Our awesomeness is God. He was the author. He, he made us. He knit us together. All of those things. So when we're doing good, all the glory gets to go back to God. Have you ever experienced someone in the zone, like doing what they were created to do? For me, it becomes really obvious. I even get emotional at times. An example of this is my husband, Seth. He's here at second service. He, first of all, he, so he runs marathons. He is long and lean. So God obviously physically designed him to be a great runner. I remember when I was training for a half marathon, <laughs> half marathon, and I was a couple months in and I was up to 10 miles. Seth hadn't done any working out up to this point. And he just, I asked him, I don't know why, I asked him, do you want to come running today? And he's like, sure. I'm like, okay, well, I'm on 10 miles. So if you want to stop at the three, you could go down and come back. And he went the whole 10 miles with me from cold. He just up off the couch, ran 10 miles with me, and he ran faster than me. I think I slowed him down, actually. Like, he was just designed. It came so natural for him. When I go to these marathons and watch him, like I said, I get a little emotional because you can just see these people running for the better part of a day and they're enjoying it. It blows my mind and they're just so good at it. Now, me, on the other hand, I also get to step into my role, my job that God's prepared me for on those marathon days because I am an awesome spectator. If you know me, I have a lot of energy. And I am the crazy one that's going from checkpoint to checkpoint trying to spot my husband. And I got my cowbell and I got my signage and I'm hooting and hollering. And it's giving me energy. So while he can run all day, every day, and it gives him energy, I can also cheer all day long. And it, it, I could do it all day long. It, it brings me energy. So here's a challenge for you this week. If a thought or a desire or an idea pops into your head, I would encourage you this week to just write it down because it may be a clue from God. The God of the universe may be speaking to you. And this happened for me when we, I first got the idea to adopt a child. I never thought I was going to be a mom. I just, I didn't have the desire to be a mom. I love being an aunt. I loved uh, going to our business. I get to work with kids. And then I loved sending them back home. And I loved being able to go home and take a nap. And I loved kids, but I just, I didn't have the desire. Nothing wrong with being a mom. I just didn't have the desire for it. 
And one day when I was walking down my hallway in my room, in my house, the idea popped into my head, adopt a child. And I was taken aback for sure. And to be honest, I dismissed it hardcore. I pushed it, pushed it, pushed it. Did not want to uh, entertain that idea at all. But it kept coming back. It kept coming back. And so that was an indicator for me. Okay, this might be something from God. It's not an idea of mine. It's an idea from him. And so we don't have a choice on our purpose. We don't have a choice on how we were made. Just like Ephesians says, game over. It, it's been prepared in advance. And God is the ultimate planner. His, planner. his plan is better than any and all of our plans that we can come up with. But what we do have a choice to do is to either resist that plan or obey the plan. And I, boy, do I have an example for that one. About two and a half years ago, not long after the idea popped into my head to adopt a child, uh, probably a couple days, a couple weeks later, another idea popped in my head to leave our family business. Now, for me at that time, I grew up in this business. My my family, my parents ran the business. It's a martial arts business, and it's the only thing I had ever done. I had never had another job, and I was pretty good at it. And I was not, I was the CEO. I loved it. I feel like I had worked so hard to get to where I was at. I had time freedom. I had financial freedom. And to me, that business was my baby. It was like my child. I wasn't a mom, but that, in a way, that was like my, my baby. And I struggled. I remember the day that thought came into my head. Seth was asleep next to me, and I was just bawling. I was terrified. I was so scared to give up the current purpose for my life. What was going to be next? Adopt a child? What, what is that even about? I was terrified. For me, I thought, well, what value do I have if I don't run this business? Like, I, I, I'm nothing without this business. All those were indicators that I was not in a great spot. So I did this for two years, resisting it, resisting it. I was driving the people around me crazy. I don't know a time where Seth and I were fighting more. It would look like me giving, okay, here's a little control, and then I would snatch it back. Be like, okay, I'll make a plan to start working from home, and then I would show up one Tuesday night. I was resisting it, and the people around me were not enjoying me. <laughs> to say the least. So finally, last September, I, one month before we were supposed to go to Korea to meet our son for the first time, I just, we were fasting as a church, and I just said, okay, I surrender. I am tired. I've worn myself out resisting you, God. To this line in the sand today, I choose to obey. And here is a, a picture I told first service, you can't expect a new mom to be able to be on the stage with access to projectors and not show off her kid. So here's my kid, Kai, and there's Seth and me. This is Kai right in the middle. And looking at that kid, the first time I saw him, when we first met him, as probably many of you parents know, God knew what he was doing. Game, there's no coincidences with a big God like we, like we have. Kai is smack dab in the middle of Seth and I. If you know our son, he is fun and adventurous and outgoing, just like me. He is focused. He is studious. He is super smart. 
attention to detail, just like Seth. When I look at that kid day in and day out, I know that when he was knit in his biological mom's womb, God had prepared it, prepared him and all of us, that he prepared him to live with us. I have no doubt in my mind that that was the plan prepared well in advance while I was still resisting. So here, oh, oh, okay, so I got into that baby story. So obeying God for me now, don't always get it perfectly, but for me, it feels like a flow. When I resist it, all of the power comes for me. I may be working in my purpose, but it is all me. I am doing all the work. I'm forcing it through. And on the other side of things, obeying God, God being the force behind me, it is totally God. And doing it this way is a lot more effective. And it's a lot more fun. It gives me energy, even more energy. So here's your final fill-in. If I don't step into my purpose, who will? And I would say the answer is no one. There is no one created like you. Our God made you specific for a specific job and a specific purpose. Now, God is a big God, and if we make a mistake here and there, we, we don't fully jump into our purpose right away. He's got it taken care of. But really, it's for our benefit. It's exhilarating. We get to partner with the God of the universe that has created a specific purpose for us. So I would encourage you, let today be the line in the sand. If you know that you're resisting, just surrender that to God. With that, I'd like to invite Clint back up, and he is going to close us out. Thank you, Melanie. There was somebody walking in their purpose, huh? She did a great job. So... Again, part of our purpose, part of our calling is to do good works. Each one of us. Each one of us. And we can either uh, resist or obey it. We can either resist or obey. And so today for our ministry time, what I wanted to do was just to kind of have you guys think internally. What is my purpose? And am I walking in it? Or am I resisting it? Am I walking in it or am I resisting it? And I'll tell you what, like Melanie said, you will have a lot more life, a lot more joy when you're walking in the purpose that God has designed for you. Now, sometimes that step doesn't make a lot of sense. Like Melanie didn't completely understand why she was supposed to step away from being uh, the CEO of her business. But now she does. Now she understands that. And we don't always understand that step that God is asking us to do. But... We all have that same choice. Am I going to resist it or am I going to obey it? So today, I just wanted to give an opportunity for anyone that might be here or might be watching this online. If you have a step that you know God is asking you to take and you've been resisting it, and today you want to just make an outward sign that I'm going to step into whatever God is calling me to do, whatever he's calling each one of us to do individually, I want to encourage you to stand and let me pray for you. So is there anyone here that you know that next step, but you've been resisting it, and today you want to just kind of give in to God and say, no, I'm going to walk in that. 
I'd encourage you to stand up. Is there anyone? Okay, thanks for standing. Anyone else? Well, you just know. This is a step. I've been resisting it, but today I'm giving in. I'm giving in to an almighty God. And I will tell you, I'm going to get off on a little bit of a tangent. One of the things I've learned in my walk with Christ, probably the smartest thing I've ever done, is I have learned to give in to God quickly. Quickly. You know, it's like if you're arm wrestling someone who's just like super strong, you can either sit there and resist and resist for five minutes, ten minutes, until they beat you, you know, or you can just give up right away, right? God's got an awfully big arm. And so one of the best things that we can do is give in quickly. Man, as soon as we know, if God says, come forward for prayer, you just come forward. If God says, stand up, you just stand up. If God says to give somebody money, you just give money. Do you know what I mean? It's just, just give in quickly. That's some advice uh, that I'm giving you today. So if there's anyone where you know, man, just don't resist. Just, just stand up. Is there anyone else where you just know this is you? This is for you today. Well, let's all stand. I'm going to be praying for the one that stood here as well. But let's all stand for closing prayer. God, I just pray for the one that stood, Lord. I pray that you would be with him, God, as he takes those next steps in following you. Lord, reward him greatly for not resisting you, Lord. And Father, for anyone else that's either watching this or is in this room that is resisting, God, I pray that they would stop resisting you and start walking in their calling, start walking in their purpose, start doing the good that you've called them to do, God, no matter what it is. Lord, I pray that we would not resist you. We would not resist you. And Lord, as we leave this place today, God, I pray that you would give us direction, give us encouragement, Lord, as to what we should be doing around us, Father, the good that we should be doing to those around us, Lord. Melanie said that our purpose fills us up, serves others, and points us back to you, God. I pray that we would find that and we would follow you in that, Father that those who are part of Lighthouse would be known for being do-gooders. That that would be our reputation, Lord. So go with us now, Father, and we thank you for allowing us to meet together again. It's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. Hey, thank you guys so much for being here today. Go out there and have a great week, and we hope to see you next week as well. Well, that's it for today's message. We hope we helped you know God more intimately. If you feel our ministry is helping you spiritually, feel free to find out more about us at lighthouseofvineyard.church. Thank you for being part of our family, and we will see you next time.